Glad to be at the river this morning. I am. I'm excited. If you would, I want to get in the word. I want it, Psalms 119, verse 11. And if you're thumbing around the Bible, go also to John 11. Hold your finger there. But if you're looking on the screens, we're going to go to Psalms 119 and 11. I, uh, my wife drove me some of the way here. She, we had to do a little switcheroo. She hasn't been feeling well, but. God's working on her, and I believe that he's going to heal her. She had a little spell um, years and years ago where she literally, we didn't know what was wrong. We didn't have insurance, and we were trying to figure it out from the doctors, and she was on a couch for three months, and it was a very difficult time in our lives, and God raised her up from that couch, and she is 100% healthy now, and I thank the Lord for it. I feel like the spirit of healing is in this place this morning. I feel like some of you, you have to understand some sickness is not just physical sickness, but is a sickness over our minds or over our families, generational things that have been passed down from family member to family member, and you don't know how to shake it. But then there's moments like I believe this morning where the Holy Ghost comes in and breaks the chains that have held your family bound for generation after generation, and God frees you. I think that kind of anointing is in the house this morning. Can we just give God a praise one more time? I feel something in this place. Praise the Lord. Psalms 119, 11. It says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When you got a word in your heart, you got to keep it. It'll keep you from straying. He that knoweth to do it and doeth it not to him it is sin. Sometimes we lose our faith in the word so we back out of our callings, back out of our commitments, or just trusting the Lord. But you're, if you hang in there, God's going to come through for you. But you got to get to the other side of it. Can I get a witness in the house? It's the word that David hid in his heart that he might not sin. John 11, verses 1 through 4. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, say this part with me, this sickness is not unto death. Let's read that again. This sickness is not unto death. Somebody needs to hear that your trial right now is not going to kill you. That, that backslidden child, it's not the end of their story. That marriage on the rocks is not the end. God is not finished yet. You got to get a word over that marriage, a word over that child, a word over that diagnosis. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And many verses 
later, skipping down to verse 39, I just want to make that emphasis. Many verses later, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, talking about Lazarus, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. Now, I thought he said this sickness was not unto death. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, you would see the glory of God? And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that you heard me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that thou might believe that you sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto him, them, loose him and let him go. Now, I want to bring your attention to the fact that Jesus had to give him a word that the sickness was not in the death. So Lazarus had a word over him, but everything was going seemingly against the word. Now, I feel a prophetical word for this church, and I want to declare it at the beginning of this message. There is destiny over this church. There's a word of expansion and growth and a vision that God has put in Pastor Josh's heart. I believe there's something there, and I believe the enemy wants it. I believe he wants to throw problems. He wants to throw financial issues. He wants to throw criticism, whatever he can at it. That's what I believe is coming in the future. But I want to declare it before it happens, that the word of God will prevail against the work of darkness, that it will not prevail. I believe this church will expand. I believe it will be paid for, and I believe people will fill these seats for every service that you create in Jesus' name. Can I get somebody who has faith in the word of God this morning? I want to preach to you on the subject, the word is still working. Look at somebody close to you and say, the word is still working. You may be seated. I believe one of the mistakes we make as Christians is speaking against God before he's even finished. Because the way we map out what God's going to do, it usually is void of any problems, any sickness, no worries, no doubt, no money problems, no health problems. But the truth is, in this journey, the whole reason God has to give us a word is so that don't, we don't quit when we hit the trial. So that we don't give up when it gets hard. If you're going to get married to all the single people, I want you to know marriage is awesome. But if you think it's easy, you need to ask somebody. I want you to know having kids is amazing. I got two amazing kids. They're awesome. Jensen and Miley, I love them to death. But if you think it's easy raising kids, it's because you hadn't raised any yet. I've got an assistant who's about to have her first kid. And her and her husband sit around telling me how they can't believe how these people raise their kids. And I just look at them. And I'm laughing because I can't wait till they have their own kids. 
the things we dream of in church and the things we dream of in life, they, they are from God. Those promises are from God, but they're going to come with some struggle. They're going to come with some circumstances. I wish I could tell you it wasn't like that, but it is like that. And the enemy will use those circumstances to challenge your faith and to talk to you. He's going to question the word of God. That's what happened in the garden. It's what happened at the very beginning. He said, did God, that's what the serpent said, did God really say that you couldn't eat of this fruit? You see, when Satan's questioning the word, it's because he's trying to steal a promise. When you have a calling and when you have a word, the enemy's coming after it. But when, you, when God has declared something over you, you've got to grab hold to it and lock on to it. When God called me to preach, I had to hold on to it. I was scared to death to stand in front of people, nervous and anxious and was worried about how I sounded and how I looked. I didn't want to look goofy. Turns out I did anyway. But God chooses the foolishness of preaching. I believe that, that if you're willing to just hold on to a word, nobody wanted to hear me preach. Nobody knew I'd be the pastor of House of Prayer. Nobody knew I'd get to preach at the river. Nobody knew that, so I preached in coffee shops because I had a word that I was a preacher. My own father didn't preach me. Now, you know that's bad. When your own dad won't preach you, you are not good. That's a fact. But I preached in coffee shops. I preached in Sunday school rooms. I preached in living rooms. Why? Because I had a word. Now I get to preach to hundreds and hundreds and sometimes thousands of people. Why? Because I held on to a word in spite of the opposition that came against it. I want to talk to somebody today. If God said it, it's going to happen. Pastor Josh, if God said you're going to expand this church, it's going to happen. If he said he's going to pay for it, he's going to pay for it. I don't care what the enemy's saying. I want to know what God is saying. Look at your neighbor and say, this is pretty good preaching. I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. He says, did God really tell you not to eat this fruit? Then God had to tell him, who told you you were naked? The same one who told him and questioned the word. You see, once you question a word of promise over your life, then you're going to start questioning your own identity. You're going to start walking in nakedness and weakness and incompletion. Because the word of God makes you, it protects you. I, I pray that, that the church go back to the word of God. I pray that we develop a hunger for the word. I'm not talking about a verse of the day. I'm talking about studying the word because we believe it's going to hold our families together. I, I thought all things were held together by the word of his power. These chairs wouldn't even stay together without God saying so. The church can't stay together without God saying so. Our families can't stay together without God saying so. But we got to hear what God's saying. We can't, we can't blur it with, with life and with distraction. My dad has a thick Cajun accent, and Siri cannot understand him. I love to hear him talk to Siri because he gets so mad because Siri is so confused by what he is saying. 
That's sometimes how we are. We've got so much distraction in our life and so much going on that God's trying to get through to us, but we can't hear. But I pray we got, we got ears that hear what the Spirit is saying this morning. I said you're going to win and you're going to come out on the other side of your trial, that you're going to get victory in the place the enemy is squeezing you and attacking you. You're going to win. Somebody shout yes. I told some, y'all some of this story, but I want to say it again today. My brother-in-law, two Thanksgivings ago, was having stomach issues and didn't know what it was. He's always had a little bit of digestion issues, so he went into the hospital because he couldn't take the pain anymore. They couldn't see anything in the scans. It, it, looked, it looked fine. They couldn't tell what was going on. So he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to put you to sleep, and we're going to do a scope to see What's going on? They put him to sleep. While they were in there, they found stage three colon cancer and had to cut it out. And he had a bag on him. If you know what all that is about, you need to go look that up. It's a terrible experience. He went in there wondering what was wrong. They put him to sleep and he woke up with a bag and an incision going down his stomach. And I remember him asking me, what did I do wrong to deserve this? Why am I going through this? And I remember people were giving him money left and right. He had enough money to pay all his bills and pay off all his debt and pay his hospital bills. They came through for him and helped him. But I remember him saying, I don't need any more money. I appreciate the money. He said, but I need a word. And see, God gave him a word during this process. The word was, this sickness is not unto death. Because the doctors were saying, Travis, if you don't take chemo after this surgery, you've got a 20% chance of living. You've got an 80% chance of the cancer coming back. And usually when it comes back, it'll kill you. And he had to live with the fear of that word. Because I'm telling you, the enemy has something to say about everything that God has something to say about. So God might say, this church is heading for the greatest revival it's ever seen. But the enemy will say, no, this is going to happen. And that's going to happen. And you have to decide which word is going to win. The word that you won't make it or the word that you will make it. But I'm here to declare over this house today that Travis is alive and well. He did not take chemotherapy and God doesn't need 20% he just needs the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus is a strong tower that the righteous can run to and be saved I said this sickness is not unto death would you take a praise break right now and thank God I feel the Holy Ghost in this place Moses got the people of God out of Egypt with a word, let my people go. Let my people go shouldn't have made those people go free. But all you need is a word from God. So when God told Lazarus, when Jesus told Lazarus that this sickness is not unto death, everything went in the opposite direction of that. He had a word in him that the sickness was not unto death. And they went into Jesus And they said, Jesus, your friend Lazarus, the one you love, he's sick. It's serious, Jesus. Jesus declares the word and then stays where he is two more days. To think that Jesus would understand the gravity of the situation and still patiently wait 
and not rush. Make them sit in sickness wondering where Jesus is. Have you ever been in a situation and you feel like God said he was going to do something, but it doesn't look like he's doing it? It looks like, I'm telling you right now, if you ever had a kid sick, if you ever had a wife sick, when my wife was on that couch for three months, I didn't know what to say. How are you going to preach healing when your wife is at home sick? What are you going to do when, when you're declaring that God's going to heal your wife in the name of Jesus? Anointing her with oil, and you got to go in the pulpit and preach faith. But you know at home, God hadn't done it yet. How do you declare that God's going to save your marriage and put you back together and heal you from the adultery, but right now you're living in separate rooms? How, how are you going to claim God put a word over your child? This child's going to do something for God. And you remember the moment you were excited and you cried and you shouted. But right now the child doesn't even come to church. Why? Because the enemy's going to challenge the word. But I want to declare over the house today that the word is still working. Don't you give up on that word. Don't you give up on that promise. Don't you give up on that calling. If God said he's going to do it, I said he's going to do it. I want to say it again. If God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. The word is still working. Don't give up yet. Don't give up. Two days, Jesus, where are you? Who I've prayed some prayers like that before. Jesus, where are you? I got two teenagers. I'm always saying, Jesus, where are you? I pastor a church. I'm always saying, Jesus, where are you? Sometimes I'm counseling people and I'm like, Jesus, where are you? Please come to us. But they that wait on the Lord... I said, they that wait on the Lord, they shall mount up with eagles. They shall mount up like eagles. They're going to mount up and fly. That means over the circumstance. They're going to walk. They're going to run. You're going to move. Why? Because we're waiting on the Lord. You're not waiting on the doctors. You're waiting on the Lord. You're not waiting on the check to come in the mail. You're waiting on the Lord. Put it in the hands of God, and he'll do it. And so they're waiting on Jesus. Where's Jesus? I don't understand where he is. I don't see him. This sickness is not supposed to be unto death, but I see Lazarus dying. I want to declare over the house today that the sickness is a setup. Everything that's going on right now that's going in the opposite direction of what God said it would do, it is a setup. It has to do that to give glory to God. Because if things always go well, we tend to think that it's us. I remember people came to me, how is House of Prayer growing? How is it so big? And man, we got fancy and we got smart, Pastor Josh. We were like, all you got to do is put this with the lights and do this with the structure and do this with the senses. And then the pandemic broke out and we're like, oh, Jesus. Because sometimes you start realizing it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God, saith the Lord of hosts. It's God. you got to put it in the hands of the Lord. I didn't know how we would pay bills. I didn't know how we would get it done. But I'm here to declare that last year, the income of House of Prayer went up 40% in one year at a time that people don't know how they're going to pay bills. Why? Because it's in the hands of the Lord. I'm telling you, your life is in the hands of the Lord. You're going to be okay. It's not in the hands of your boss. It's not in the hands of your in-laws. Especially not in the hands of your in-laws. This sickness is a setup. And Jesus, when he watched them grieve, it bothered him. 
It bothered him. He groaned in his spirit. He agonized. He, he said he was troubled. He was troubled by the way everybody processed what was going on to Lazarus. They were grieving. They didn't believe this sickness unto death was a final word. They thought Jesus had missed it. The king of glory misspoke. Who are we to say that? But that's what they did. They're weeping like Lazarus is finished. They laid him in a tomb because they believed he's finished. They closed up the cave with a big old giant rock because they believed it was over. How many of us have buried a word from God because it went in the opposite direction? How many of us have given up on something because we're just tired of fighting the fight? I'm telling you, the fight of the enemy right now is to wear you out into quitting. I feel the spirit over ministries and over families, and I'm telling you, he's trying to wear you out. How many of you, just by show of hands, have been really tired over the last two years? Let me see where you're at. I'm just tired and weary and just trying to get up and want to feel it. We want to be encouraged. We want to feel energetic, but, but the, the fight is just so intense. Every time you think you gain some ground, the enemies come to steal it and declare it and reclaim it. But I'm here to declare, don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you're going to reap if you faint not. you got to stay faithful in the struggle. I know you're tired, but you got to keep going. you got to keep walking. you got to keep moving. It's in the Word. Somebody say it's in the Word. There's a story that I love to tell, it moves me so much, where a young man, he was, he was graduating high school, and he wanted his dad to get him, he had a dream vehicle, and he wanted his dad to get it for him, and he just knew on that day that, that dad was going to get him that vehicle, and he just knew it, and the day came, graduation day, and he was going get, to get it, and he was waiting for his dad's gift, he could hardly wait, and when it was time for dad to give him the gift, his dad handed him a Bible, and he said, son, here's your graduation present. Read it. Study this word. The young man was furious. He was angry. Oh, I wanted the vehicle. I knew you were going to get me the vehicle, but instead you gave me this Bible. And he threw the Bible. He didn't even take the Bible. He left the Bible with his dad, left, and they never spoke again. Later on, that man passed away. And the son grieving that he let this happen between the two came and collected the things in a box that his dad had for him. And in that box was the Bible that he had given him when he had graduated high school. And he picked up that Bible and out of that Bible fell an envelope. And he looked in that envelope and in that envelope was a check for the vehicle that he had dreamed of. What he didn't realize was that the promises of God was in the word. He re didn't realize that his gift was in the word. I'm telling you right now, if you can hold on to the word, everything that God's been putting in your heart, the vision for your life, it's in the word. It's in the word. It's in the word. I'm declaring over this house, your trials are not unto death. Your sickness is not unto death. Your addiction is not unto death. Your divorce papers are not unto death. Your mental anguish is not unto death. Your anxiety is not, and I need somebody to claim it in faith. Nothing the enemy has brought against me is going to prosper in my life. Somebody shout yes. yes. It's in the word. It's in the word. So 
Jesus said, I need y'all to get the stone out of the way. Get the stone out of the way. Why? Because I need a way to connect to my word. I need my word to connect to Lazarus. And the stone is in the way. What do we have in the way of the word that God is trying to get to us? Can I dig a little bit? Is it okay? The stone is the hardness in us that is keeping us from hearing what Jesus has for us. I've been pastoring now for a while. And what I learned is that the enemy tries to get in our lives and in our hearts and make us bitter over offense. Pastor didn't even shake my hand. He shaked everybody's hand but mine. He didn't see you. Or maybe he was scared of the look you had on your face. I don't know. But we get offended over everything. Everything. And what happens is it creates hardness in our hearts. So I'm declaring over you right now, you got to remove the stone to get the word. God can bring back the marriage. It can do all those things. But we got to remove the hardness of heart and the hard things. But when we remove that stone, God's word comes into our life and something activates. I need some of you to remember what God has said to you. Some of you have forgotten that God had a promise for you. You think you're just attending service today. But you're not just attending service today. God has a promise over your life. Lazarus, come forth. And the word went in that dark cave, that place of death. And all of a sudden, Lazarus woke up. And I got to believe when he woke up, he remembered the word. This sickness is not unto death. I feel like there's some ministries in this place today that are going to wake up and remember that you're called. And remember who you are. Remember what you're called to do. You ought to take a praise break right now. I think we ought to praise God. He's too good. Not to praise him. It's wake up time, Lazarus. It's time to come into agreement with the word of prophecy over your life. It's time to believe the things you have forgotten and lost hope in. Would you stand to your feet? I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Wake up, Lazarus. Would you throw your hands in the air? Somebody remember a word that God said over you. Somebody remember. Somebody remember this sickness is not unto death. Pastor Josh, you remember God told you to expand this church. Don't you ever forget it. God told you to do it. Some of you, God told you to preach the gospel. God told you to come to this church. God told you to believe for healing. God told you to. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. God gave me, God gave me this story, reminded me of this story this morning as I was praying for you. You see, God healed Travis, but God didn't heal Lindsay. Lindsay was my 10-year-old first cousin who had a rare disease. We bound together, we prayed, we declared, but Lindsay died. The nurse tells a beautiful story about her. She had passed away, and my Uncle Craig and my Aunt Stephanie were grieving. We were all grieving. Just so painful. She was only 10. She was two weeks away from 11. 
We're just trying to figure out why God would let that happen to my little cousin. You wonder sometimes what's going on. But a nurse said months later, this little boy, which was Lindsay's friend, they had met in the hospital in Cincinnati. It was a special hospital for their rare diseases. Most children that go there eventually pass. And the, the nurse had a dream. She had left the shift and had a dream that the little boy, in the dream, the little boy and Lindsay were talking. And Lindsay was telling him, come on, it's so fun. You're going to love it. Come on. And she woke up out of the dream. And in the dream, it was 2 o'clock. And she went to the hospital the next day, and the little boy had passed. And she asked, do you mind telling me what time he passed? And they said, 2 o'clock in the morning. You see, Lindsay's in a better place. And we don't understand why God would let her die and not Travis. But I got to tell you this beautiful story because it's going to put perspective on what you go through. My cousin, Lindsay, had a sister named Lacey. They were all Catholic. We were all mostly a Catholic family. We used to be. Now everybody's Pentecostal, but we'll talk about that another day. But my cousin Lacey, from the grief and all the pain, started coming to church. She got the Holy Ghost. Then my Uncle Craig and my Aunt Stephanie came to church. And they got baptized in Jesus' name. And they got the Holy Ghost. And this past Wednesday, Lacey, Lacey had already married years ago. She married a man named Daniel LeCompte. And this past Wednesday, they became the pastor of our second campus, House of Prayer La Rose, this week. You don't understand what's going on, but God knows what's going on. His word is sovereign. Either he's going to heal you or he's going to do something supernatural on the other side of it. But I promise you that the word of God is still working in your situation. If you've got something going on in your life and you need a word over it, I need you to come to the front. I, I believe God's going to put a word over your summer, some of your situations. God's going to put a word over your life. He's going to speak to you. If you need it, come up. Don't hesitate. Don't let pride keep you. Just face it. God's going to speak a word of prophecy over your marriage and over, over your mind. Let him speak to you. I feel the Holy Ghost. We're going down to the river.